Good morning, everyone. Pray that you're well. Um, pray that you're good and that your week has been blessed. Um, it's always a pleasure um, to be able to bring the word of God um, to you all and, you know, just receive from the Lord what he has for all of us. Um, I don't know about you, but it's, it's, it's been a really... Um, challenging season I suppose for everybody it's been challenging but you know the last three weeks for me have been really really um challenging just in the context of work and and seeing how um the enemy you know the enemy really prowls and has really taken this opportunity over this pandemic to really impact and influence and and you know those schemes that the Bible describes, those schemes of the enemy have really taken forth at this time. But you know what? We have the victory. We have already won. And we, we have a savior and we have a God who has given us everything we need to battle the enemy. And I've had this word for a little while. Um, I've had this word um, probably for the last few months since I last preached actually God really impressed on my heart to, to speak um, in the context of spiritual warfare, um, in the context of the armor of God. And I, I pray that it blesses you and strengthens you at this time as the world is starting to come out of um, this whole essence of lockdown. And it, it, I, I suppose my prayer is that it gives you a new lease of life, a new confidence um, or, or a continued confidence to walk in what God has for you as an individual. No matter your circumstance, no matter what you have been going through, no matter what lies the enemy has put before you, God has something for you. God has something for you that will and has and will continue to see you win and be victorious i'm gonna pray um i'm gonna pray and then um gonna get straight into it um so i'm gonna teach this or, or preach this over um the next couple of times that i i i share um i don't want to rush it and i, I don't want to get um caught up in certain aspects, but I, I, I want it to be quite methodical. So I want to just do a, a, a really uh, brief introduction um, today and then kind of work through it um, systematically. So let's pray anyway, um, and then we'll get right into it. Father, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you because your word is life. Your word brings life. And Father, as we, oh God, learn together as we hear your word together father i pray that you will allow it to move in our hearts and our minds and that father in the name of jesus as we hear we will become doers of your word lord that we will do more than just hear your word but we will move in the spirit of god to hear and see your word manifest in our lives Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit right now, even before I, I minister, 
will go forth and touch the hearts of every man, woman and child that hears this word, whether now or, or afterwards, I pray in the name of Jesus that they will be impacted, not because of me, but because of your spirit resonating in them. I pray that this word will be received well, that people, oh God, will understand what it is and how it is that your word should and will become life in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So as you probably guessed, um, my words kind of stems from Ephesians, um, one of the letters that Paul wrote. Last week was uh, Pentecost Sunday and we see the activation of the giftings of the Holy Spirit um, and, and how they were all in one accord in that room. And the Holy Spirit falls upon them, giving them various gifts, one of those being tongues, another of those being the ability to really speak um, the word of God and enable man to understand that word. And through that, many came to the knowledge and understanding of God. And Paul, who was a massive, um, massive, massive writer in the scriptures, um, I, I can't remember, but I think he, he probably wrote 40%, I think, of, of um, the New Testament. Don't quote me on that. Um, but he wrote a large portion of the, um, um, the New Testament and in Ephesians, Ephesians is a, is a really great book. It's a book that teaches us and, and shows us who we are in Christ. It's an uplifting book, a book of affirmation and confirmation. And at the end of this book and at the end of Ephesians chapter 6, he then teaches us how to maintain the qualities of being a Christian, how to maintain the aspects of Christianity. And he does that stating that everything we do in the context of the kingdom has a double edge to it, the spiritual realm and the physical. And everything we do in the physical is determined by the spiritual. And he urges us in Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10 to put on the whole armour of God. And this armour, not only as a, as a, a, a metaphor, um, physically shows us the, the, the abilities in a spiritual nature of how we must conduct ourselves, but how we must live in the context of the spiritual realm daily it isn't a, a a guys just when you wake up in the morning wear it it's a that the armor of god has to be a constant in our lives now the only thing i can equate it to and when i was researching and even yesterday um not yesterday was it thursday um um i was watching um the avengers iron man um and the avengers and i you know i love trying to relate things to, to the word of God. And, and Iron Man is a really, really good example of the armor of God, especially when you first become a Christian and you try to understand. And the evolution of the Iron Man suits is a, is a great determiner of um, the, the, the armor of God um, journey. When we first become Christians, understanding the context and the concepts 
of the, the spirit man can sometimes be really clunky. And if you remember in the first Iron Man um, film, that armor, the first armor he, he, he has is a, is a real put on. Um, and and the, the, the aspect of that was to protect his heart. So he created this armor, this suit of armor to protect his heart. So it was functional. And God calls us as Christians when we first become Christians to protect ourselves. That, that salvation element almost is functional. It saves us from hell's fire. It saves us from the enemy. And it can be really clunky because we're still learning how to pray. We're still learning what it means to be a Christian. We're still learning to stop doing the carnalities or the, the, the things of the world that cause us to be destructed or cause us to live a life separate um, from God. And if you remember Tony Stark, I mean, some of you might not, um, but in the beginnings of those films, this guy is an arrogant man. He's an arrogant, arrogant man. He's selfish. All he thinks about is money and how brilliant he is. But this accident, this element of salvation, which turns him into um, uh, 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 someone with a suit of armor that he puts on to protect him over the course of the, the, these films, turns from being a suit that he puts on to him becoming one with that suit and we see in the in the final film um, um infinity war where this armor not only has stopped being a, a, a tool of protection for him but is integrated into everything he is he is iron man um he is that suit at a touch of the button, at the touch of, a ch of his chest, this suit materializes. You know, um, in the early films, it's put on by um, machines. By the end of the films, this suit is with him everywhere he goes. He, it is part of him. It's, it's integrated in, in every ounce of him. The nanotech, which it becomes from being metal to, to nanotech, is integrated into his body. And in fact, in the comic books, if I'm, I'm a bit of a comic book nerd, um, I used to read them when I was young before the whole films come out. The actual essence of the Iron Man suit was a bio, it became a bio suit. So actually the technology was integrated into his body. Um, so in, in, in the new film, they do it as nanotech, these, these little robots that we can't see integrated into um, this, um, the symbol at the front. But in the actual comic book, it's integrated into his DNA so that at a, at a thought, this suit comes on. And we need to move to that place. We need to move to a place where the armor of God is integrated and activated by a simple thought. Because the enemy, the Bible says, the enemy in, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 to 10. Let me just find that first Peter chapter eight to 10. It says, be alert and of a sober mind. Be alert and of a sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, stand firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Be alert. 
this suit has to be activated at a fall. In fact, this suit is not something that we put on and take off. It's actually, spiritual warfare is actually something we're going through constantly. Therefore, we have to be battle ready every single moment, every single second of the day. It's not something that we can put on and put off at, the, at, at, at a whim. It's something that has to be integrated into us. Now, one of the things I love about the essence of worship and, and worship is another area I love um, and I think about a lot is that worship is more than a song. Worship is more than a feeling. Worship has to be everything we do and in everything we do and of everything we do. And I know that sounds really bizarre, but in order to have and be in the context of worship, we have to live it. We can't put on and off worship. We can't say, oh, well, I'm going to worship today and tomorrow I'm going to cuss someone out. No, no, no. Listen, that aspect of cussing cannot be done because as a person set apart, as a person holy, we are constantly in a, in a, in a state of worship to the Lord. We get it wrong. Trust me, sometimes we get it wrong. And, and I understand that. God understands that. And that's why he is a faithful, forgiving God. But we have to be alert. We have to stand firm. And in standing firm and being alert, it means that we're ready for anything that the enemy throws at us. Now, in, in Ephesians, it, it talks about two things in the context of prayer towards the end. I think in verse 18, it talks about us praying in all seasons or at all times, being ready and praying at all times. But also it says we must not only pray, I think it's in the New, New International Version or New King James, it says we must um, pray in the spirit and, and have supplication, which is that aspect of worship. So worship and the armor of God are integrated. They're part of the same system. Now, the reason why I refer to um, the, 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 the context of it being Pentecost Sunday last week and the as aspects of the Holy Spirit is because the Holy Spirit is the activator for the efficiency of the armor of God. Now, if we were to put it into the context of um, um, the Iron Man series, okay? Now, I've been working hard. My brain has been hurting. So Jarvis who is the activator um, of the suit in the beginning, and then it turns to um, a female voice. But Jarvis is, the, is, is like the Holy Spirit. When, when Tony starts, puts on that Iron Man suit, in order for it to function effectively, he always calls up Jarvis and says, Jarvis, are you there? And then the suit activates. And everything he needs to do is done via Jarvis. And at the beginning of the series, even before Jarvis is, is taken out and he becomes Vision, which is another thing that can get complicated. And I'm sorry if you're a bit lost, okay? <laughs> but go and watch all of the Iron Man and, and, and um, um, the, the MCU series. When Jarvis becomes Vision and then it changes. And then when it changes to this other um, um, AI, what happens is the integration of the suit, because it becomes less vocal and it's more about the response of the individual. Now our lives, our lives in the context of the armor of God 
has to be not just reactive. We have to be one with the spirit of God. God gives us the armor, not for it to be uh, uh, just a tool or something we pick up, but something that has to be integrated in our lives, in all seasons, in all aspects. Now we've been, um, we're gonna be going into a time of prayer and fasting really soon. And we've been praying and fasting over the years. Now, one of the things I realized around prayer and fasting is that you don't have to be specific in the context of prayer, but prayer is an essential part of um, fasting. You can't fast and not pray. Now, one of the things that I found is that the ability to pray and the reason why Jesus died for us on the cross was to allow us to have instantaneous connection with God. That instantaneous connection is the activation of our suit of armor. When we fast, we are deliberately putting ourselves in a stance of battle. And with the armor of God, on us, we then begin to take up arms and move forwards, steadfast, standing firm. And standing firm isn't necessarily about just standing. It's about progressive movement towards a goal that God wants you to overcome. The Bible tells us to take authority and take territories in our spiritual warfare. The enemy may prowl but we are not his target. Why? Because we already have the victory. We already have what it is that God wants us to succeed. We just need to take it. Now, the funny thing about the armor of God is this. It is given to us, but we have to put it on. We know what we need to do, but in order to use it or have it activated, we need to put it on. Tony Stark is only Tony Stark. But once he wears the armor, he becomes Iron Man. We are Christians, but I am Olu. But with Christ in me, the hope of all, all salvation, I become something more. We are more. We are given the tools to be more than just mediocre, more than just individuals. Now, thinking about this kind of it really blows my mind right and I, I get a little bit excited so if I go off track please forgive me all right now remember this is just an introduction I want to encourage you I want to inspire you to know that everything you have in you if you walk according to the word and the gospel of Jesus Christ allows you to have victory it allows you to win in fact we must continuously assume victory in every move and in every aspect of our lives because that's what we're commanded to do and I want to I want us to read John chapter 16 verse 33 just bear with me as I find it I think it's a, a really important scripture John where is it John chapter 16 verse 33 bear with me please John 63, yes. So it says this, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, but take heart, I repeat again, I have said these things to you, that in me you have peace. 
So the moment Christ comes into your life, you have peace. But not only do you have peace, the peace of God is the opposite to the tribulation and the chaos of the world. The world gives us chaos. It gives us distractions. The chaos and the chaoticness, the the distractions and the scheming of the enemy is the distractions of the world. We could say this pandemic is a distraction of the world. Why? Because the enemy is scheming under all of it to distract us from what is just and right in the context of God and the kingdom. But it doesn't finish there. It says, take heart. When the scriptures say take heart, it's reminding you that victory has already come. Because at the end of that, it says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus died for you to have victory. Jesus died for you to walk in victory. And you know, the greatest aspect of it all is this, that in all that he conquered, in all that he did in the context of the world, The scriptures taught constantly that that aspect of God winning and allowing us to have that victory is concentrated, is concentrated in the context of the church. So if you're a Christian, if you're walking in the way of the Lord, if you're walking a a, a road that is focused in terms of kingdom, you have every, every, Every aspect, every resource, everything you need to get through because Christ has been given for the church and for the church only in this context of victory. Now, there's going to be a time where he comes and he will judge the world and he'll give the world to God. But for us as Christians in believing and understanding the death and the resurrection and the new life in Christ, we have been given first approval, first viewing, first um, ability to take that resource and use it for our own salvation. But God calls us to more. He calls us to let everybody else know that they have the ability to walk in that same victory. Now, in the context of the scripture in Ephesians chapter 6 and the armor of God, We need to understand that this is not just a theology thing. This is not just something we read in the Bible. And I I think that's, you know, one of the things that 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 kind of confuse us. We read it like, yes, we have the armor of God and, you know, we put it on. And some of us aren't going to get to put it on. And I think when Paul was writing this, he had these things in mind. You know, the Roman soldiers were everywhere. I mean, they had conquered the world. So no matter where you were pretty much in the world, there probably was a Roman legion or a Roman um, uh, uh, battalion somewhere. So people would have known what they looked like. And the easiest way to help people understand was to use this analogy. Now, there's something even greater than that that I didn't realize until I was doing this that the aspects of the spirit and the armor of God actually stem from the Old Testament in Isaiah, referring to God coming and and, and in in a righteous wrath 
because the children of Israel were against the Lord at the time and they weren't being obedient, they, the Lord came with his breastplate of righteousness and his helmet of salvation in order to turn things around. Now, if in the Old Testament, this armor was worn by God, how much more are we in the New Testament given this armor, the same armor, the same aspects? If it's good for God, then it's good for us. Can you imagine? I mean, that blew me away that this armor doesn't become obsolete and that not only is this armor not fashioned out of nothing, it was used by God. So this armor is a symbol of victory, of guaranteed victory, because it is already tried and tested. We see that in the Old Testament right through to the New. Because that armor is Jesus Christ. The righteousness of God is Christ incarnate, come down to, as man, showing us the way to defeat the enemy, both physically and spiritually. Now, we didn't see him go down into hell, but we in faith believe that he went down, took the keys to death and life, and has given us victory. So why would we not be battle ready? Why would we not step forward and move forward? Now it's easy to talk all these theologies, it's easy to talk all these things, because at the end of the day, when I'm struggling, when I'm struggling, when I'm finding it difficult, when I'm finding it hard to walk in alignment with my wife, when I'm finding it hard to um, not knock someone out because they've cut me up on the road, when I'm finding it hard to cuss out my boss because they're just being stupid, I've got to remember, I'm a man of worship. I'm a man of integrity. And in order to walk forward in Christ, I need to be a righteous man, a man ordained by God to move forward. And I need to put on the whole armor of God in order to see myself through every battle. Now, I want to talk through a couple of things before my time runs out. Um, just to keep introducing and what I'm going to do, I want to I, I want to break this up into kind of categories um, and I'm hoping that you're understanding where I'm coming from, because I think this this book in Ephesians is going to help us. It's what we need as we move out of this season. Now that the scripture at the end of Ephesians six talks about us praying constantly in all seasons. It's not a time thing. Pray only when the enemy comes. It doesn't say pray um, um, when you're feeling low. It says pray always. In fact, let's read it. In um, Ephesians 6, verse 18, it says, And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That means we have to be praying constantly. One of the things I was explaining before and I didn't finish in the context of fasting and praying, one thing that I learned was this. That no matter where I am, as long as I'm fasting, I have the ability to pray. I don't need to just, now it is important to set time aside, but I don't need to just be praying when I'm in my home. Sometimes I might work until eight, nine o'clock. By the time I drive home, I'm exhausted. But what I've learned is to listen to the spirit of God, telling me when to turn left, telling me when to pivot telling me when to move. Now, I'm not holy, trust me. My wife prays more than me. And sometimes it gets 
on my nerves every second. Sometimes in the morning when she, the spirit is upon her, we can pray 10 times before I've even bathed and showered because she's just feeling the spirit of God moving in her. And I've learned so much from her. But what I've learned is this, that as, this, as you fast, the spirit is activated. Jarvis comes into play. Jarvis, are you there? And it's instantaneous because the spirit of God lives in you. That armor is integrated into you and you have direct access. You just need to tap it on. A quick tap of the, 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 the chest, a quick tap of your heart, a quick tap of the most vulnerable aspects of your body spiritually and physically activates what you need in order to protect you in all occasions. Now that spirit tells you what to use, how to use, when to pray, how to pray. I found and I've found myself on the way to appointments praying. The Holy Spirit has given something and, and has impressed something on my heart and I pray into it. Sometimes it's for a minute and a half. Sometimes it's two minutes. Sometimes it's the 10 minutes on the way. But it's an activation and a critical need because when the Spirit speaks, we must respond. We must respond. When you are ready for the enemy, the enemy is not going to be ready for you. You see, the cowardness of the enemy, he's, that he seeks to see who he can devour. It doesn't say he just jumps and devours anyone. He has. Remember, the enemy has no authority. All authority was given to who? Jesus Christ. And he did what? Jesus Christ gave us as individuals all authority and power to overcome the wiles of the enemy, the schemes of the enemy. So no matter what the devil does, no matter how he schemes, we have the ability. Now, let me tell you something. We have to understand the nature of scheming. Scheming is quite a deep thing. It's not when the devil, you know, just kind of jumps out and decides to give you a slap. It's not that. You can handle that. You can walk away from that. You can walk away from that. But what you can't walk away, away from is when the devil looks at you and thinks, right, how am I going to exploit? How am I going to get into the mind of this individual? What can I do to turn him? What can I do to turn her? When the devil acts like that, there's no way you're going to stand for it. There's no way you should stand for it. And the Bible calls us to have righteous anger. Now, listen, when the enemy is attacking your husband, looking for the things that he might be weak in, looking at your children and thinking, right, I'm going to get them this way. I'm going to get them that way. When the enemy is thinking, right, I'm going to attack them from the left. Oh, let me work out. Oh, I've noticed that. I know. That is scheming. And it's not acceptable. And we shouldn't accept it. We should be praying in all occasions, all types of prayers and all types of requests. Whether it's our finances, the enemy is trying to attack. Whether it's our, our, our mind, the enemy whispering, you're no good. Let me tell you something. When I was coming to preach this, I was anxious. I was anxious. I couldn't understand. I was preaching on something that I believed in. I'm preaching on something that I fully 100% 
understand is the will of God. But you see, the enemy schemes because he knows that one of my things is I want to get it right. I don't want people to see that I don't know what I'm talking about. I want people to understand. And that's my carnality. That's the chaos of Olu. And he will try to exploit that. So just as we were meeting, as Mel was doing the thing, as Mel was doing the communion, I could hear the devil whispering. You don't know what you're doing. You haven't even got it in the right order. How do you know that that's what the, the scripture says? Maybe you should look at other scriptures. It wasn't Christ. Because Christ brings peace in the midst of chaos. Those shoes, those boots are boots of peace. Where you can stand firm in the confidence of knowing. Where you can walk firm in the confidence of knowing who you are, what you're doing. Remember what I said in Ephesians, throughout Ephesians, Paul tells us who we are in Christ. How much God has done in order for us to stand and walk tall. In order for us to be confident in how we should walk and how we should maneuver. But this aspect, the armor of God is about maintaining. It's about when the enemy sows seeds of doubt, when the enemy tells you you are nothing, when the enemy tells you you're not going to survive, when the enemy tells you that you have no authority, we have to quit back. We have to strengthen ourselves. We have to put on the whole armor of God and let him know who we are. I'm aware of time and I just want to go through three things. One, we must know what the armor of God is. So it says here, finally, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I'm reading it wrong. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of his dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And in 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert always, keeping on praying for all of all the Lord's people. Now, the aspect of understanding the armor of God is this. It comes in two parts. It comes in two parts. So the first three pieces are the things that you must have on constantly. So the breastplate of righteousness. Don't let it be something you take off and not be ready with. 
You must be righteous in all things. We are called to be a righteous. We are righteous. We are called to be set apart. We are called to be holy. Living a righteous life is a living a life where God's light is shining in you and on you and through you constantly. When you're in the car, when you're in school, when you're at work, you are constantly living a life purpose for God. Now, when we were in the world, we were living a life purpose for ourselves, purpose for the world, reacting to the chaos and, 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 and madness of what was going on in the world. But because of God's victory, because of God's victory through Christ, we can live a life righteous, knowing. It doesn't mean we must be over-righteous. It means we must be righteous. And how are we righteous? Living according to God's words, nothing more, nothing less. Allowing the Holy Spirit to move in us and through us, nothing more, nothing less. Responding to the word of God in every aspect, in every need and in every situation. We will know how to act. We will know how to move. We will know how to respond. We will know how to, to move back. We will know when to move forward. We will know how to gather up and pull people together. We will know when and how and who. The Holy Spirit in us allows us to do that. It isn't some AI that responds to our whim. It is integrated in us, allowing us direct connection to God. Listen, being righteous is being able to have the heart of God in every situation, knowing the heart of God in every situation and doing the heart of God in every situation. Sometimes that's hard. Sometimes you have to crucify the flesh, crucify your feelings in order to understand how God moves because it, is, it will be strange at the beginning. When you first become a Christian, if you have habits in you, God is faithful to remove all those habits. But sometimes the enemy scheming, knowing where your weaknesses are, will try and pull you back into the world. That's his role. That's his job. I want to move on. So the second pieces, the second three pieces in that are for us to take up and use in battle. And it says it from... Verse 16, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. With that, you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. So two aspects. First three, breastplate of righteousness. Helmet. Helmet of, of truth. Let me just make sure. For the struggles of the flesh against flesh and blood. Um, la, 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 la. Therefore, put on the whole armour for the days of stand firm then with the belt of truth first buckled round your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the, the gospel of peace, the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness and the boots of peace. Those are the things that you should be constant. When the army goes into battle, when an army is battle ready, they are suited and they are booted. They are ready to go into war. And then when the war cry comes, they need to then be able to take up arms. And those, those arms are your shield of faith, 
your helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. We must know our kit. I know, I know when we watch, I love watching war films and you see these guys who are experts stripping down and putting back together their equipment, making sure their equipment is tight. The Bible is our abilities to strip down and, 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 and get into play the things we need and the Holy Spirit directs. Second, we must believe it is more than just theology. I said this earlier, these tools, these, this armor is more than just a story. It's more than just uh, something we tell our kids. We must believe that God has given us this in order to defeat the enemy. The Bible is clear. The enemy, the devil, your adversary prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking who he can devour. Christ is our armor. We must be in him. Listen, if we understand the root of who we are, the root of what we have, the fruit that we bear, the fruit that we bear will be, be determined by that understanding. We are determined, our roots determine the fruits that we bear. So if we are embedded deep, if we understand who we are, then our fruit will be determined and will be plentiful. We must understand, understand the spiritual context in order to live the physical manifestation of the victory that we have received through Christ Jesus. And number three, it is vital for our survival, um, for survival and is for everyday use. The armor of God is vital for our survival and is for our everyday use. The armor of God translates into the full rhema of God. It's not just the written word in the Bible. It's not just the logos. It is the rhema. In order to activate, we have to understand God's word and move in God's word. God gives us a rhema once we're suited and booted to defeat the enemy. We can't defeat the enemy just with the logos. We can't just understand, just know the word and recite the word. We have to understand that the word has everything we need in order to defeat the enemy. The rhema of God, the revelation of God, the understanding of the word is what defeats the enemy. We have to know that and we have to understand that. Time is gone. I want to just say this. Prayer is the key to activate the suit. Prayer is the earthly permission to allow heaven to intervene in our lives. Prayer is the earthly permission for heavenly intervention. We must pray and allow God to activate the suit in order for us to succeed, move forward, take territory in our lives, both physical, but most of all, rooted in the spiritual. I pray this has blessed you. It's probably a little bit chaotic, but I pray it's blessed you and that when I come next time, I will go through the two different aspects of the word. God bless you. Um, yeah, have a great week.